Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. The NGSC Sports Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network are proud to bring you the only show that matters. With your host, the heartthrob GW Cross. Bear witness. Yeah, that was definitely the text message shine that you just heard. Sorry about that. I'm in uh, conversations right now with important people, because that's what I do. But welcome to the only show that matters, brought to you by the NGSC Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network. I am your host of the only show that matters, the only host that matters, the heartthrob GW Gross. Joe Weidra will be with me next week. So it's just me you got to deal with in my ramblings. I apologize. Y'all act like it's so hard to hear me talk for an hour or whatever it is, but whatever. Happy Veterans Day. Um, yes, just happy Veterans Day. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Happy Veterans Day. Uh, your service is very much appreciated. And um, we're going to go. We're gonna, let's go with some news first. I ain't got Weecher here to really cushion the blow. I got to ramble on. But Kevin Durant, let's talk about some basketball news because I hate ESPN sometimes. Uh, <laughs> ESPN all day yesterday. All day yesterday, they're talking about Kevin Durant playing in Washington. Oklahoma City is going to visit the Washington Wizards. And the Washington Wizards fans are holding up signs because they want Kevin Durant to come back home. They pretty much want um, a LeBron James part two. You know, they, they, they want Kevin Durant to come home to Washington um, and bring this team to prominence. That's all fine and dandy, right? And I, you know what, and... With LeBron, it made no sense to go from Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland because he was leaving Miami to go to Cleveland. It's like, yeah, you know. But over here, I mean, Kevin Durant's in Podunk, Oklahoma City. And going to Washington is definitely an upgrade when it comes to city life, and he would be closer to home. But, what do you, I, I, I mean, what, is he really going to leave Russell Westbrook? Like, I really think, and I forgot who said it yesterday on ESPN. There was one smart person on ESPN. I forgot who it was. Um... But, but they said the smartest thing, oh, it was, as a matter of fact, it was Tony Kornheiser, who is one of the smartest people in sports. He said the smartest thing for Durant to do next year as a free agent, sign a one-year deal with OKC, wait for Russell Westbrook, and see what him and Russell Westbrook want to do together. Because the chemistry is already there with those two. Both of them are, I mean, you can make your argument, both of them are in the top five when it comes to best players in the league. Why would you want to leave that? Why would you want to break that up? I can understand leaving Oklahoma City, but take your talents to Los Angeles. Take your talents somewhere else. You know, <laughs> like, uh, and, and I doubt very much Russell Westbrook would want to go to Washington. Russell Westbrook, wasn't he a UCLA guy? So it makes more sense for him to go to Los Angeles. 
you know. But I don't know. I was just, it was just one of the, I hate it. Like, you know, like really? We're going to send one of the best players in the league in free agency. But th- this means the NBA has lost, er, lost their damn minds. Because you have two of the best players in the league. You have one deciding to go to Cleveland, another one going to Washington. Like, really? What happened to Boston, L.A., New York, Chicago? Like, what happened to the cities that mattered? Sorry, Washington. You know, not sorry, Cleveland. And Washington is a nice city. Washington, D.C., talking about, you know, now Washington, the state. You know, Washington, D.C., it's a nice city. It's like, it's kind of dangerous if you're in the wrong parts of town. I'm sure Durant knows how to handle himself. He listens to hip-hop. He'll be fine. But I don't know. I, I, I just hate the fact. And then the fact is that, like, the season, this season, just started. Kevin Durant and Oklahoma City have championship aspirations, you know, and ESPN's already talking about him going next year to a Washington team that is pretty good in itself. A pretty good backcourt right there with Wall and Beal. Beal, sorry. You know, and it's like, I don't understand what the rush is for next year. Basketball is annoying. This is why I really don't care about NBA basketball. And maybe I don't care about NBA basketball because my team, the Nets, is pro- are probably the worst team in the league. Um, still winless. Right? I think we play Houston next. Well, that's another L. I, I, it, I look at the net schedule, and I can't see a win anywhere. We're terrible. Yeah, we're just awful. But it's my team. Um, what, what was I going before I went off on the net? Oh, the NBA. It's, the, the, you, you're looking at the top three teams in every conference. And the Eastern Conference, it doesn't matter. It's Cleveland. Whatever team has LeBron is the team that's going to make it. And you make your argument for Toronto. The Knicks are actually semi-interesting this year. You know, and you got Washington pretty much, you know, around there. I'm not buying into anything else in that, in that conference. The Western Conference got like nine good teams. But you're looking at the same ones. You're looking at San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Golden State, Memphis. Always <laughs> Memphis gets my nerves. I pick them every year for God knows what reason, and they always disappoint. But, yeah, that, that's the reason why the NBA, to me, has kind of lost its luster. You know, I, I think there are many stars. There are many stars in the league. You know, but then you've got teams like the Sacramento Kings that just are just d- dumpster fires year in, year out. You know, it's just not a fun league to watch. I think that's why people, people enjoy the March Madness thing in basketball, I think, a lot more than the NBA season or the NBA playoffs. You know, it's a one-game playoff. These kids really, really trying to win hard games. You see the intensity, everything. It's just better, you know. It's not better basketball, but it's more entertaining to watch. I'll say that. NBA is still the much better product. I mean, you go a professional to collegiate, you know, of course. But, I don't know, that's my issue with the NBA. But, um, yeah, enough with OKC. Because I really don't care if Kevin Durant goes to Washington. And on top of that, he strained his hamstring. Kevin Durant can't stay healthy, and people aren't seeing this. He, um, people have to realize, what is he, 6'10", 6'11"? That's close enough to 7 feet for me. And he has foot issues. And 7-footers with foot, with foot issues are, are pretty hard to depend on with long-term health. It ruined Yao Ming, and, and, and it has a question mark around Brooke Lopez's future, like how long he could really be an all-star player, you know, or at least all-star caliber player, you know, with a foot like that. And he's like 7-1, Brooke Lopez, you know, but whatever. I hate basketball. It just started. I've watched, I think the Nets are 0-6 now. After we lost to the Lakers, we were 0-6. I've watched three of those games. I'm an idiot. I've watched three of those games. I'm just sitting there watching it. Terrible. Um, oh, yeah. The, what is it? A fan duel and DraftKings considered illegal. It's considered illegal now. Illegal gambling. 
in the state of New York. That's huge. Um, New York declared it um, pretty much if you have the phone on your app. I mean, if you have the phone on your app. If you have your app, if you have the app in your phone, if you have the DraftKings or FanDuel, like I do. I mean, I just, I don't know why I was doing it. I, I was, I'm the guy who enters those $1 contests trying to win $20 million or $250,000. Meanwhile, there's like 300,000 other people in the contest, so you never win. You're just throwing your dollar away. It's like the lottery, you know. It's like the lottery. And, and I don't want to stink because I know football, and I just can't, I can't set up a daily fantasy roster to save my life, you know. Um, but it, it's pretty much outlawed over here now, so you can't use it. And uh, I think here in Vegas, I think there's four other states that you can't do it in. Uh, a couple others are on the, on the line trying to figure out if they're going to allow it. I mean, soon, soon it's going to be gone, and thank God it's going to be gone. You know why? Because I hate those fucking commercials already. They, I, you know why I hate it? Because it's just these set-up scenarios and these actors saying, oh, I have a reason to look forward to Sundays now. Yeah, I've made $300,000. You ain't done shit. You know? And, and, and I hate when they set up the bars of the guys acting like they're nervous watching the football game and then celebrating. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, if you believe that shit for one fucking second, you're an idiot, you know? But whatever, it's just annoying. Like, like advertise it as, hey, this is what it could do for you, blah, blah. Don't sell me the bullshit story on TV. I hate that. And the fact that those commercials were being run every 15 fucking seconds when I'm watching any kind of sporting event, it's annoying the shit out of me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Love fantasy football. I'm a sports geek, or at least a football geek. You know, I love this shit. I'm in seven fucking leagues right now. Seven. You know, fuck you, Tony Romo. He ruined, he ruined about five of those leagues. I had him as my quarterback. I'm about, I'm pretty much 500. I have a 500 record in pretty much every league I'm in. Because I pretty much drafted the same kind of guys. You know, and Tony Romo was in there. Oh, let me tell you, one league, I got fucked. My league, the league I run, with about nine other of my buddies. Um, I've never won this league. Uh, my friend Sean won it the first year, and then my friend Mike won it the second year. No, matter of fact, my friend Carlos won it the first year. Then it was Sean, then it was Mike, you know, and nobody wants Mike to win. You know, Mike's in first place again. It just sucks, you know, whatever. But um, in my league, uh, in my first, first round and second round, I'm not going to stay talking about fantasy sports because I know people out there, some of you don't give a shit, but just listen to my luck. Um, first round, I kind of had to take Jamal Charles. And I was like, I, I'm not really a big Jamal Charles fan, but I'll take him. And the second time, uh, second round, I had to take Matt Forte. We all know how much I hate Matt Forte. Jamal Charles out for the year about, what, two, two, three weeks ago? And now Matt Forte got hurt. He's out for about two to three weeks. So that's my luck in fantasy football. My luck in fantasy football. But who cares about fantasy football, man? Let's, let's go to my favorite, favorite segment of this show the college locks. You want to make money this weekend, right? <laughs> okay. It's now time for the Heartthrobs College Football Locks. Okay, we're going to start it off with Baylor at home. Two and a half point favorite against Oklahoma. The Big 12 Conference saw one of their mighty go down as TCU fell to Oklahoma State. If you followed me on Twitter, you would have saw that. Um, I love Art Browse. I love the Baylor offense. It's a relentless offense. They go out to prove a point every week. They had their freshman quarterback, Jared Stidham. Was it? I kept calling him Jason Stratham. Me and Mike Trainer are watching this. We kept calling him Jason Stratham. Or is it Stratham? I can't even pronounce that guy's name. Threw a 419 yards. Threw half of his yards to Corey Coleman. I don't know why. You got KD Cannon on the other side. You can spread the ball a little. Uh, Shock Linwood, though, the running back. And this is something to watch out for on Baylor. He did not have an explosive game running the ball. Baylor had 
problems running the ball against a pretty decent um, Kansas front 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 attack. Sorry about the stuttering. Um, I like Oklahoma in this game a lot on the road as an underdog. Oklahoma provides a pretty good run defense, allowing opponents only three and a half yards a carry. Um, also, in the aerial attack that Baylor has, Oklahoma's secondary has nabbed 12 interceptions and they're holding opponents to a 52% completion percentage. This is going to be a rough game for the freshman quarterback. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Stridham. This is going to be a, a tough game for him against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's good. You know, I think Oklahoma wins this one and by double digits. So Oklahoma plus two and a half is the first lot. Ohio State is a 16 and a half point favorite going at Illinois. This one I will keep short and sweet. Illinois struggles against above-average quarterbacks. JT Barrett is definitely an above-average quarterback. Let's just hope his head is screwed on right this week. JT Barrett and Ohio State should win this one by 20 points, maybe 24 points. Remember, they could also run the ball. Illinois is just decent all the way around. Um, I mean, they got killed by Marquise Williams. He threw a 70% completion percentage. Uh, Christian Hackenberg had his best completion percentage against them. This is a team that will fall to a good um, passing offense so and a good quarterback. So you got to give Ohio State this. Even though they kind of struggle when it comes to big spreads, I, I picked this one with the utmost confidence. Um, last one, only three because I'm doing better by only giving three locks instead of four. NC State, nine-and-a-half-point underdog at Florida State. I've got burned, I think, twice already by NC State, but I'm sticking with them over here. Florida State, they're good. They're good. They're above average, but they're keeping these games competitive. They play to the level of their competition. NC State is a team that can score. They're pretty decent on defense. Jacoby Brissett, the NC State quarterback, is a 64% completion percentage. Um, and keep in mind, they played a, um, Florida State, that is, played a pretty physical game in their loss to Clemson. And NC State could be just as physical. Um, they're going to be physical right up front. Um, you got to love the fact when you're looking at NC State, they've had better wins against the ACC bottom feeders, Wake Forest and Boston College, than Florida State did. You know, no, Florida State's the team that, that slipped up to Georgia Tech, who isn't that good. I think I would put NC State against Georgia Tech every week. You know, so give me NC State plus nine and a half. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if Florida State wins, it's by three or four points. So I'll take NC State easily over here. So those are the college locks. NC State plus nine and a half. Ohio State minus 16 and a half. And Oklahoma plus two and a half. I could really see that Oklahoma line dropping, though. You know, to either one or a half a point or a pick. Because I think a lot of people are going to see it that way. Um, looking around, um, another game I kind of like. And I don't know. I'm, this one looks like it's a sucker's bet. I'm probably going to jump all over it. Cincinnati is an 18-point favorite against Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa got a pretty good offense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, are we that impressed with Cincinnati this year? Is that what's going on? Cincinnati shouldn't be an 18-point favorite against anybody. You know, they could have played Utah State or Florida International, any one of those teams, and I would never put Cincinnati as that big of a favorite. Tulsa at plus 18, I love this week. Not a lock, but I do love it. Michigan playing Indiana. Indiana can score, but not against this Michigan team. I think Michigan barely covers this spread, though. I'm saying like 21 to 7. They barely cover this spread. Um, let me look around over here. Memphis. Memphis blew it, huh? Losing a Navy. You know what's funny? I got a text from my buddy, and he was like, he was like, yo, Memphis should kill Navy, right? I'm like, anything could happen, man, because I really didn't know. Because sometimes Navy just confuses teams, you know, with their triple option crap, and that's what happened, you know. Now Memphis plays Houston. Uh, Houston was one of the locks of the week and covered against Cincinnati. 
Uh, this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 72. Jeez. That's a lot of points. Um, I would actually take the under in that game, and I think Houston wins this one by 10, maybe 40 to 30 or 40 to 28. I would take Houston. Uh, Clemson-Syracuse. Man, let me tell you, Syracuse is a feisty team, but I think for four quarters, Clemson could just beat them up and run them out the building. Um, I think by the second half, Clemson, like, really takes off in this game. So minus 28, though, is so many points. Uh, I mean, guess you lay it down? Ugh. I don't know. I would take Syracuse first half, though. They're at home. I think they're going to come out with some energy in the first half. I just think Clemson runs them out the building in the second, you know. Um, what else is going on here? Kansas and TCU. This is a ridiculous spread. TCU is a 45-point favorite. You know what? They're probably going to cover it. Score will probably be like 70 to 10 or 70 to 14 or something like that at the end of it. I mean, Kansas is terrible. TCU, though, the defense is bad enough that Kansas might be able to score. Over-under is 70 and a half. I, would, I love the over-under in this, you know. But let me tell you something. TCU, I, they're a fun team to watch. TCU, UNC, uh, Baylor to some degree. They just chuck the ball in the air. I don't even know if there's a design play. This is like a college thing. It's like you, if you have a high-powered offense, then that means your offense just chucks the ball in the air. And your receiver's either wide open all the time or he's just going to jump up and get it. It's, it's, it's backyard football. Is, is there such thing as backyard football? You have to have a big backyard to play football. I don't think I ever played football in someone's backyard, ever. You know, Air Force, love Air Force, man. They're playing Utah State, a team that's almost a mirror image of them, but Air Force has the stronger running game. Air Force is at home as a one-point underdog. I'm taking Air Force over here, man. They have a really good running game. They don't, they don't even try to throw it. They don't care. You know, they could be down by 10, 20, 30, 40. They're still going to run it, you know. And it's funny. You think with a team like Air Force, they air the shit out. But no, nah, they keep it on the ground like fucking guys. Washington State against UCLA. Washington State's offense has really picked up a lot. They're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. I still give the edge to UCLA. They have the better defense over here. Texas, eight-and-a-half-point underdog going into West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's pretty good. Um, I, I think they covered the spread, actually. 28-14, my final score prediction for that one. Uh, Wake Forest is awful. They're a 27-point underdog going into Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame should destroy them. This should be a 54-14 to kind of game. I think Notre Dame covers this spread. Um, they're, they're in the top four now, right? I think as of yesterday, they're in the top four. If the college football playoffs start today, they would be in it. As well as Alabama. This game is tricky for Alabama. Mississippi State's a tough team. They play Alabama pretty well. Um, Mississippi State's like a lowercase lowercase version of Alabama, the way they play. Very tough. Um, and they can score. You know? I don't know. I kind of like Mississippi State here as plus seven and a half point underdogs. I mean, what time is this game? This game's at 3.30, middle of the day. I, I don't know. I like Mississippi State here, plus seven and a half, which is crazy because I was telling everybody, oh, you got to bet Alabama. Stop going against Alabama. But I don't know. Something about this game says take Mississippi, Mississippi State. So I'll go with Dak Prescott on this one. Miami, the U. 13-point underdog going to play North Carolina. Let me tell you, I have been shitting on North Carolina the last three weeks, and they are just shutting me up time after time. Their defense looks legit, and this is a team, as I mentioned five minutes ago, they chuck it in the air and come down with it. Give me North Carolina over here, really. Minus 13, I'll lay it down. They are, they're kind of looking like a surprise team in the ACC. Um, it will be nice to see them play against Clemson, actually. I think North Carolina, they pull off this win here. People got to start looking at them with a, you know, start paying attention to them. 
Uh, what's that kid's name? Marquis. Uh, what's that kid's name? I mentioned his name earlier. What was his name, guys? What was his name? Marquis Wilson? Sounds right. Yeah, I'm going to say Marquise Wilson. I think that was his name. Marquise Wilson. Marquise Williams. I'm sorry. I had to look it up because I actually do fact check on this show. I'm not like other podcasts. I'm, I like to be right, and I'm usually right. So it's fun. It's fun to be right. Um, is that the last game I got to look at? Georgia Auburn. Who gives a shit? Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I like Oklahoma State minus 14 and a half. Could be a little bit of a letdown game. You know, they had the big win last week against TCU. Could be a little bit of a letdown, but I'll still roll with them. Uh, Virginia Louisville actually this game over here Louisville's a 13 and a half point favorite I love the under in this game at 49 Virginia's a pretty pretty um tough team up front um they coach really well defensively so is Louisville I just you know I just like the under over here at 49 Oregon and Stanford if Stanford was a little bit less of a favorite I probably would have jumped all over it who am I kidding? And nine and a half points at home, 7.30 on Fox. I'm taking Stanford against Oregon. Stanford just, Stanford always kind of gives Oregon a hard time. You know, they just play way too aggressive for Oregon. So I'm taking Stanford over here, and Oregon has not looked good this year. Iowa, 12 and a half point favorite at home against Minnesota. Loving that, too. I think Iowa's another team, much like UNC. A lot of people got to keep your eye on Iowa. They, they might be the team, if there's any team to come out the Big Ten that's not named Ohio State, then I would keep my eye on them, you know, definitely on Iowa. So that's it for college football. Uh, where am I at? I'm at like 20 minutes or something. I have anything to talk about before I hit a break. You know, I'd like to talk about something before I hit a break. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Andrew Luck got hurt uh, out two to six weeks. Isn't that just weird? Um, I, I never heard two to six weeks ever, like, as a timetable. It's usually <laughs> it's usually two to four weeks, four to six weeks. They said two to six weeks. It's a lacerated kidney. Uh, uh, th- that sounds like an injury you get as a gladiator, like a lacerated kidney. It just sounds terrible. It sounds like he should be dead right now. Thank God he's not. It's not like he should be just dead, you know. Um, but looking at that division, it's a shit show. Um, they only got two more wins over the – over the, the last place teams, Jacksonville and Tennessee, who are both two and six. Indianapolis is four and five, and Houston right in the middle at three and five. It, this is the shittiest division ever. You know, um, what is their conference records? Oh, not conference, division. For one thing, helping Indianapolis, they've beaten these teams already. You know, and Houston's two and one in the division. So if Houston could put together something, if Coach Bill O'Brien could put together something, he could catch ground right now. Catch ground on Indianapolis right now because Indianapolis is a bad team. Um, Colin Coward has said it before. If you just if you just had to take out the quarterback position and look at rosters, you would take Houston's roster over Indianapolis ten out of ten times. If you had to look at their head coach, you'd take Bill O'Brien over that piece of shit Chuck Pagano ten out of ten times. Quarterback, of course, you would take Andrew Luck over whatever they got at quarterback at Houston. You know, fucking Ryan Mallet. He's unemployed now. No, the Jets didn't even want to call him in. He's fucking mallet. <laughs> fucking mallet. You know, so now you got Brian Hoyer over there. I think Houston could do something, but you know what sucks for Houston? And we'll get to this in a little bit. They're playing Cincinnati this week. That, that sucks. That really sucks. They're playing them on Monday Night Football, too. Getting embarrassed all over the world. It's not the way to go. And who the fuck is Indianapolis? Indianapolis, because they were three and five entering this week. Three and fucking five, looking like shit. 
Andrew Luck's playing like shit. The defense playing like shit. They can't do anything. Andre Johnson looks like he's one foot on the football field, another foot in a retirement home, you know, and Denver loses to them. Really? Akeem Tlaib poking motherfuckers in the eye. Like, Peyton Manning just, look, oh, I'm tired of Peyton Manning, man. It was so great. He needed three more yards. It was great because they, it was like their final drive of the game. You know what they have? I think that 30 seconds or something left on the clock. It was something like that. 30 seconds or something left on the clock. And, you know, they had a chance with one more drive to try to do it. And, and everybody's saying, um, oh, he needs three more yards to, to get the all-time passing yards record from Brett Favre. And what does Peyton Manning do? Throws a fucking duck. Gets intercepted. Now we got to wait till next week to see this bullshit. So everybody says, oh, man, cementing his place in history. Yeah, cementing his place in history as the biggest choke artist of all time. Yeah. But he is great, though. I just don't like him. So I'm going to take shots at him left and right. Fuck him. Um, we're going to take a short break right now. I don't know what music to play. I got a new, I got new tracks from new Diddy album. Got tracks from new Carrie Underwood album. Uh, I could play Curses today because Joe Weidra ain't here. And I still got Joe Budden music I could play. Whatever, who gives a shit? I'm going to stop talking for a second, take a brief break, and I'll give you all my NFL picks coming up. And I'll probably talk about some outlandish shit as well. Whatever. We'll get back into it. Bear witness. The music got the hairy fry. Money in the problem. Oh, yo, what's the celebration? Money in the problem. It's a money party. Money in the problem. Y'all only play it. Money in the problem. I got cash for you, bad, bad. With me, baby. One time. Baby. One time. Got a bad, bad in the backseat. And yeah. she ride with me. You see me shining. Uh, hey. 220 on the dash, dash. Got me crazy. And then I got up, made a meal And my dogs don't swap it if that package ain't sealed I ain't talking about them beats But my dogs stayin' peeled And Pepsi in the cold Crocs in the cold All the simple motor Put the Phantom in the boat up Missing Childs, where we child out Bumpin' big on the G5 SoundCloud Look at here Baby, look ahead. Money over everything, that's just how it is. Champagne, everything, caviar, tears. Don't be afraid of this money, baby, that's just how it is. I had never heard this song before right now. Still haven't finished listening to it, obviously. But they actually took the beat from Renee? Lost Boys classic? Puff, Puffy doesn't leave anything sacred. Yeah. <laughs> My man Diddy leaves nothing sacred. Renee is a hip-hop classic. And Diddy's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to talk about money. You know, the song Renee is about a guy who loses his girlfriend who gets robbed and killed and shot. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Diddy's talking about money ain't a problem with French Montana. 
That's hip hop. All right. Um, we're going to go into the NFL picks for this week. Where are we at on time? I know I just got here. I should, oh, we're like a half hour in, so whatever. Probably talk another like 15, 20 minutes with y'all. I'll take my time. I'll take my time. I know y'all love me. Buffalo Bills, Thursday night against the New York Jets. It's at New York. Well, it's always at New York if it's at Buffalo or New York, but it's at the Jets' home. Jets are a three-point favorite over under a set at 43. Rex Ryan's already, like, starting. I mean, he does this, though. Um, and before I jump to the top of the topic, Rex Ryan is he's named uh, that IK Empanada guy. I don't know. Let's call him Empanada for now. Uh, the guy who broke Geno Smith's face. Uh, Buffalo Bills are naming that guy as a team captain. One of the captains for this game. But it's something that Rex Ryan does. It just looks like it's in bad taste right now. Um, it's just something he does. He, 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 if you're a former player of the team they play, then he starts you as a captain. You know, that's all it is. But it just looks bad. This guy broke Geno Smith's face, man. Like, <laughs> that's messed up. Well, whatever. Um, when it comes to the game itself, Jets have a better squad. But the Jets are banged up and the Bills are actually getting healthier. I actually like the Jets over here. I mean, the Bills over here, that just sounded like the weirdest thing ever. They actually like the Bills over here. Sammy Watkins is back. Um, LaShawn McCoy, they said he's fine, and so was Carlos Williams. They both ran for over 100 yards last week. Uh, I know the Jets are a better defense, but we have seen the Jets get burned once or twice. The Bills, the Bills play just as tough. So I kind of like this game to go in the Bills' favor over here and pull off the minor upset over here. I like the Bills plus three. Um... Detroit Lions going against the Green Bay Packers, who have lost two in a row to two teams who were undefeated when they played them, lost to Denver in disgusting fashion. And even though the final score was closer, it looked closer than it really was, Green Bay was manhandled against Carolina, like manhandled. Carolina was doing whatever they wanted to that offensive line. Aaron Rodgers was frustrated. Um, but the Packers are 11-point favorite against, Green, against Detroit over here. Um, it's in Green Bay, so that helps. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers and the boys get on track. The Lions are shitty. Lions can't do anything. Um, really, Matthew Stafford's a piece of shit. Fucking, I, I hate the Packers. I hate the Lions. I hope this team, I hope this ends in like a 0-0 tie. That would be magnificent. But I think the Packers win this one, maybe 28-10, to 10, uh, 28-14, maybe 28-17 even. 28-17 would be pushing but I give the Packers the edge over here. Um, Packers defense kind of suspect, but they're going against a real suspect offense. So that will cancel out. Give me the Packers minus 11 over here. <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys, one and a half point underdogs going into Tampa Bay. This is probably the one game you really can't call. I'm going to ride with Dallas over here, though. Don't know why. Um, over-unders at 43. I love the over in this game. Uh, let me tell you something about Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston looking, looking good. Look, looks like he's getting better and better every week. Mike Evans, though, Jesus Christ. If you look at his final stats for the game, it looks like he killed it all game. He should have had a lot more yards and a lot more catches. The guy just couldn't catch. You know, if he could catch, he'd be a top 10 receiver, no question. But he can't catch. You know, I mean, he catches those difficult passes and drops the easy ones. Like, really, it's, he's one of those confusing players. I can't stand guys like that. I, I wasn't big on Mike Evans coming out of college. Um... Jury's still out. He had a good rookie season, come back from injury, and, and the last game against the Giants, he just dropped easy passes. And what was weird about it is usually when receivers, especially young receivers, drop passes, it's because they're looking to run or they, they take their eyes off the ball. He was staring at the ball into his hands and dropping them. Like, it's weird, you know. But uh, I'll take Dallas over here um, for no other reason except Des Bryant. I like him. Yeah, he drops passes too, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does too. 
I don't care. He's cool. Carolina Panthers, five-point favorite against the Tennessee Titans, who, who uh, I guess you could say upset the New Orleans Saints last week. You know, the Saints really suspect themselves. Um, some people are going to say it's a trap game. I don't think so. I don't think whatsoever it is a trap game. I think Carolina wins this one in their way handily, which is 24 to like 14 or something like that. Carolina pulls this one off. I am not a Marcus Mariota fan. Against, I think he's going to struggle against his defense and against his pass rush. Cam Newton could do what he can. He, he could do whatever he wants against his Tennessee defense. Um, t- Tennessee came into this season, um, I don't want to say overrated, but people didn't think they would look this shitty. You know, I don't want to say overrated because no one thought they were going to make the, win the division or be 500, but, you know, they thought six, seven games at least. But I think the Titans are still shitty. Carolina will remain undefeated um, for another week. Five points, I'll, you know, I'll do it. Five points, I'll do it. Chicago Bears plus seven. Jesus, really? Against the St. Louis Rams. This has to do with a lot that the Bears' defense is terrible and Todd Gurley has destroyed everybody. But the other side of the coin is the Bears' offense really has been looking really well under Adam Gase's um, direction. Jay Cutler's looked really well. Um, Seven points is a lot. I love the Bears over here, plus seven. Uh, The the Bears don't get blown out. I mean, that's the one thing about this year's Bears team. They've been competitive, even in their losses. You know, um, they lost every team in their division, and they're all single-digit losses, single-digit point losses. And the Rams aren't that good. Nick Foles is a shitty quarterback. You know, um, it's really the Todd Gurley show over there. Tavon Austin, he's a problem for the Bears. The Bears struggle against small, speedy receivers. More than, the, more than the average team would. Tavon Austin killed them before. I think he had a punt return last time. You saw what Danny Woodhead did. I count him as a receiver because he's more of a receiving back than a traditional back. Danny Woodhead was able to do what he wants to do against the Bears as well. The Bears just struggle against smaller, speedy guys. So watch out for Tavon Austin. Todd Gurley will get his as well. But the Bears off it. Alshon Jeffries looked good. You know, I'm not an Alshon Jeffrey guy. Jeremy Langford looked really good. You know, I mean, that's the future right there for the Bears is Jeremy Langford. So, yeah, I like the over in this game, too, at 42. I think the Bears keep this one really close. Even like the Bears on the money line over here. Whatever the money line payout is going to be, I got to like that. Um, New Orleans Saints uh, going into Washington. This one's a hard one. New Orleans is a one-point favorite going into Washington. Um, I like Washington over here for two reasons. One, uh, New Orleans' defense is shitty. It's just terrible. Like, they, let, they let Tennessee score it up on them. And they were leading in that game. They were killing them, and they let them come back. Washington fights the whole game long. Even in a game against the, against the Patriots, they were just outmatched and outplayed, but they didn't quit, you know? Um, Kirk Cousins is as mediocre as mediocre could get. But um, I can't see the Saints doing a lot to stump the Redskins. I think Jordan Reed has a big game over here. I think the Redskins win. And the second reason why I said the Redskins don't quit is the first reason. The second reason why that field is one of the worst fields in the NFL. I think it's Washington, Chicago, and uh, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh are the three worst fields to play on. The Saints rely a lot on those quick passes and whatnot, and I just don't see it working out. Um, I don't think Mark Ingram has a big game. Mark Ingram's been surprisingly very above average this year. I think Washington wins this one by a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> Miami Dolphins against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I didn't really get to go off on the Miami Dolphins fans. Yeah, this would be fun. Um, Miami Dolphins fans, y'all could blow me. Um, I, 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 people have always said that I was like a Miami Dolphins fan hater, and I'm not. It's just that the circle of people that I talk to, they end up talking about the Dolphins, and it's just like, why? You know, like, they're terrible. They've, they're insignificant, you know. Um, 
but remember when the Dolphins fired? Oh, I forgot. I already forgot their head coach's name. Philbin. They fired Joe Philbin, and that guy Dan Campbell, that juice head. He became the head coach, and they beat the shit out of like Houston Texans, and they beat the shit out of the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Miami Dolphins fans are like, oh, oh yeah, this is the team. This is what we were talking about. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, this is the team. This is what we were talking about. Yeah. Then they get destroyed. You guys get manhandled by the Patriots, and you get handled by the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo Bills were struggling. <laughs> you guys just woke them up, I think. Tannehill is garbage. People need to stop this. You know what? If I said Kirk, if I said Kirk Cousins is mediocre, Tannehill's mediocre. He's slightly above mediocre then. But garbage when it comes to expectations and what everybody else says he is, he's not that good. This roster is not good. I don't get it. I, I said this so early in the year. But then I digress. I was on Twitter. This was um, when they lost to New England. That was a Thursday night game, right? They lost to New England, and um, I just went on my Twitter, which you can follow me at G-Steelio, G-E-E-S-T-E-L-I-O. Went on Twitter, and I just started putting out things. I was like, oh, Miami Dolphins fans, I wonder if they're going to pump their chest after this blowout loss, you know. And then Tannehill did something stupid on the field. Like, oh, there's the Tannehill I know. Let me tell you, Dolphins fans were looking for a fight because none of these Dolphins fans that attacked me on Twitter were even followers of mine. <laughs> so, so that's when you know you made it. That's what my man Ernest Christian would say. You know, and it's like they just attacked me, talking about like I don't know random shit, like <laughs> just calling me a faggot, all this other shit. And then the best part is that they looked at my profile, looked at my old tweets, and they want to make fun of me by quoting some of my tweets. I said Michelle Rodriguez could beat up uh, Ronda Rousey, or so I don't know, whatever. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I just don't care, and um, and I hate Ronda Rousey, and um. And I said this, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, right, you're real smart. Someone else quoted something that I tweeted to my girlfriend, Kendall Jenner, um, and he was like, oh, loser. And then someone else was like, oh, we're going to take this from a Bears fan. Shut the fuck up. Like, really? Like, why don't you pay attention to your team getting slaughtered right now? You know? Hey, you want to talk about the Bears? Like, oh, really? <laughs> you're, you're the Miami Dolphins, man. You were teal and white. Like, really, we're teal and white. Mark Anthony owns part of your team. J-Lo owns part of your team. Shut the fuck up and don't ever talk to me again, Dolphins fans. Don't you ever come at me again. I swear to God. Then you get the tough guys on Twitter, too, you know. You get all those tough guys, you know. What did Drake call it? Twitter fingers? You know, the Meek Mills out there? The Twitter fingers? You know, real tough out there. And let me tell you, your boy the heartthrob, man. I took the high road on it. You know, I'm older now, man. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. I'm trying to grow up a little bit. Yeah, I got a foul mouth, but I can't control that. So they were talking, talking, and I swear, I just looked at my boy Mike, who I've mentioned his name three times on this podcast today. I hang out with this fucking idiot way too much. And I, I just showed him my phone, like, dude, look at these people. And he was like, Jesus, laughing, because he was just drunk. And I didn't respond to a single person. I kept talking about the Dolphins. You know, and then at the end of the night, I said something like, you know, I'm really flattered that you guys looked back at my tweets and my profile to find material to make fun of me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dolphins fans. Keep it classy. Something to that effect. And it's like, whatever, man. I'm not going to be dragged into debates anymore. I'm not. If I don't care about something, I'm not going to be dragged into debates. You know, 
I mean, when it comes amongst my people, I, I will go into debates all the time. But I'm not, with total strangers that are just angry and just throwing out bullshit at me, I'm ignoring you. If you're my people and we're having a debate on Twitter, I don't care. I never run from that, and I don't give a shit. That's fun. That's what Twitter's for. But, you know, you're my people. It's a little different, you know. Whatever, man. Um, but that's, uh, that's it uh, from my Miami, Miami Dolphins fans rant. Because I, I wasn't able to do this. Uh, I've been meaning to. But, yeah, you guys could blow me, all of you. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, six-point favorite at home. Eagles beat the shit out of the teal and white team, 56-10, to because the Dolphins are terrible. Um, the NFC East is weird, huh? I'm going to look at that division right now. What are the records are there? It's a weird division. I predicted the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. Tony Romo destroyed that because that team is now 2-6. and six. Uh, Washington is 3-5, and five, and they're, <laughs> they're right in the mix. I mean, really, I mean, every team is right in the mix. Right at the midpoint of the season, you could say. Giants are 5-4. and four. It's not like they're really... <sighs> I'm looking at them right now, and it's like, this, t- this division is really bad. Really, just bad division. Washington hasn't won a game aw- uh, away, but the 3-1 and one at home, that's good. Wow, this is just a bad division, man. But uh, the Giants, though, 5-4 uh, and four at top of the division. Philly is 4-4. Four and four. Washington's 3-5. and five. Dallas is 2-6. and six. Giants going to probably lose this week. Um, Washington probably win. Dallas, I said, would win. Yeah, so nothing will really change. Philly and Giants might be tied after this week. Real shitty division, but not as shitty as the AFC South. You know, it's not as shitty as that. But, yeah, I took Philly to win that one. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Cleveland Browns, four-and-a-half-point underdog going into Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh was a a four-and-a-half-point favorite last week as well. They didn't cover. Um, I think they cover this one. Um, I'm trusting Landry Jones over here. Cleveland's got a good defense. Steelers really have no offensive line. I don't know what – I love this Steelers offense, though. I think they can score against anybody in the league, honestly. I think they can score against anybody in the league. Um, I think Landry Jones has more experience now. He played, I played at the end of the last game. Uh, Antonio Brown had a ridiculous game. I played against Antonio Brown in two fucking fantasy leagues, and I got killed because he scored 50 points by himself, you know. And one of those leagues, I had D'Angelo Williams. He had like 28 points, and it wasn't enough, you know. wasn't enough at all. But I'm um, starting to question Le'Veon Bell now. D'Angelo Williams has played extremely well whenever Bell couldn't play. Those first two weeks of the season, D'Angelo Williams was the top three back in the league. Um, D'Angelo Williams gets his first start since the Le'Veon Bell injury. Kills it. Receiving and running. It makes me wonder. I think there's just a running back friendly team. I think you have to be an above average running back. But this brings me back to the arguments I've said year in, year out. You don't pay running backs. When it's time to pay Le'Veon Bell, Steelers could go another way. Because look what they're doing with D'Angelo Williams. Let's be honest, a lot of us thought he was done. You know? Enough of the, and remember, it was him and, and, and Jonathan Stewart. I, I keep on wanting to call him James Stewart, but I guess it doesn't really matter if I call him James or Jonathan Stewart on Carolina. They were both in the backfield forever, and they both looked like shit. Now they separated the two. And they show that they're more, they're just not built for that, running back by committee. Stewart's been having a better season than I've seen him have in forever. And DeAndre Williams looks amazing in, on Pittsburgh. So I'm starting to think when it's Le'Veon Bell's time for um, contracts, uh, Pittsburgh's going to be like, nah, we good. You great, but we greater. We don't have an offensive line. And we're doing this offensive line shit. With that being said, Pittsburgh wins this one against Cleveland. Cleveland sucks, man. I, I can never trust Josh McCown. 
Why don't they get up like 21 zip on New Orleans and lost? Like, that's, that's shitty. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars um, stood in a game that they shouldn't have been in against the Jets last week. Uh, right here, they're a five-and-a-half-point underdog going into Baltimore. This one almost feels like a trap bet. Like, you know, you kind of just want to bet on Jacksonville. But I, I stopped thinking that way about traps and stuff like that, you know, which is why when I, when I talked earlier about that Tulsa 18-point underdog to Cincinnati, usually I'll just go with Cincinnati because I feel like it's a trap. Over here, you should go with Baltimore. It feels like a trap game. The, they want you to take the points, but I'm going with Jacksonville over here. Blake Bortles in that offense, they, they have talent on that offense. If they had an offensive line, this offense could put up points in the top, in the top like six or, six, six or five. And I'm not even bullshitting you right there. I really believe this. They have Julius Thomas in there, a tight end, who's a great receiving tight end. Um, I love TJ Eldon. I know he's not blowing away people with his numbers, but look at him when he plays. He's a patient runner, waits for the blockers, very by the book, smart running back. I like TJ Yeldon a lot. I really hope the Jaguars stick with him moving forward because I think if you give him an offensive line, this guy could be that guy gives you four, four and a half yards of carry and just give you that consistency you need to balance out the pass game because they're going to want to air it out. Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson are freakishly athletic. Allen Robinson doesn't drop anything. You know, who was I comparing Allen Robinson to? I had a great comparison of Allen Robinson, and I just, I can't remember. Uh, I think I said a taller Anquan Bolden, maybe. I can't remember. I think that was it, though. You know, he doesn't drop anything. He's a tough kid. Like, you know, love him. Out of Penn State, too, you know. And don't forget, they got Marquise Lee, who they don't even use because he's been hurt. You know, the receiver, the second-year guy at USC. So, I mean, they have receivers there. This is an offense that they build that offensive line. Could be a legit problem. Defense is still a mess, too, though, man. It's like... Keep rooting for Jacksonville. Keep waiting for Jacksonville. It's a frustrating thing. But you know what? I'll take them plus five and a half. Baltimore sucks. Mark Tressman is a piece of shit as an offensive coordinator. And I think this should be the last run for Mark Tressman. You know? I think this is it. Bye-bye. I want to see Steve Young protect you now. Um, Five more games left, right? Yeah. Uh, Next one, Minnesota Vikings and Oakland Raiders. No line yet because um, they're waiting Teddy Bridgewater's status. I think they just called it a head injury, not a concussion. So he should be good to go. I'm um, taking the Raiders in this one, though. The offense is too much. Derek Carr is just killing it right now. Like, really? Um, I, I was wrong on that one. I was absolutely wrong on Derek Carr. He looks good, at least in his sophomore year. Looks good. You know, um, Raiders putting together. Nice to see Crabtree having some kind of resurrection to his career on the team that should have drafted him in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Raiders no matter what the spread is. Probably be like four or five. I'll take it. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, six-point underdog going into Denver. I like the Chiefs over here. The Chiefs don't try to kill you with the long ball. And Aki Tlaib is not going to be there, which makes Macklin a little bit more accessible in slant patterns, in routes, like real simple, high-percentage um, uh, route running over here. Uh, Denver has a great front four, and they put the pressure on the quarterback so quickly. But Alex Smith does not turn over the ball. Alex Smith's a good athlete. I think the Chiefs stay within this. The Broncos win it. And a last-second field goal, or, you know, they just edge it out 24 to 20 maybe. That's the way I see this game. Over-under is 41, so that's about right. Um, yeah, like Kansas City plus six over here. Um, New England Patriots going against the New York Giants. Giants are a seven-point underdog over here. I mean, history tells you take the Giants, right? doesn't matter how many points because they, <laughs> they just beat Tom Brady. Tom Coughlin is one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst head coaches now. In the sense of, like, calling a game and just situational things that go wrong. He's terrible, you know. But against Bill Belichick, it doesn't matter. 
I'll take the Giants with the seven. Patriots better win this. If they lose, if they lose their Giants, I'm done with football. Well, not really, but it would just be frustrating. Like, you know, Giants, Giants suck, and the Giants fans are top five worst fans in the world, so the Patriots got to get this one. But I'll take the Giants with the You know what? I'm not taking the Giants with the seven. Patriots are legit. I know Deion Lewis isn't there, but they, you know how the Patriots are. It's plug and play. Fuck the Giants, man. I'm going with the Patriots with the minus seven. Um, Seattle Seahawks at home against the Arizona Cardinals. This is my lock for the NFL this week is the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks look like shit. Like, seriously, look at Russell Wilson this year. Um, he's falling very short of the hype that you guys gave him because I told y'all he was what he was. Um, trying to look it up right now because I did write this one, actually. Um, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson, nine touchdowns, six interceptions, holding on to the ball too long. His offensive lines let him down. Uh, you got, you got uh, Marshawn Lynch. They see him more in commercials nowadays than the end zone. He's averaging less than four yards a carry. Um, the Cardinals only have 13 sacks on the year, but the Cardinals play kind of like a zone kind of defense anyway. You know, that, that they want the quarterback to throw the ball, which is why they've had 13 interceptions. And the Cardinals secondary, especially Tyron Matthew, like, th- like these guys could cover the average receivers that are on this team of the Seattle Seahawks. Jimmy Graham is nothing. Um, I, I think the Cardinals win this one. They win this one quite decisively. You know, I think the Cardinals have an offense that could challenge this defense and, and, and make this defense spread out a lot more than they want to. You know, so I do like the Cardinals a lot over here. Carson Palmer's having MVP caliber kind of year. So, and the emergence of Michael Floyd, you know, I say emergence because he was hurt from the beginning of the year. See so Michael Floyd healthy, it adds another element to this Arizona team. I think David Johnson has a big game over here. Um, I think he's, no one even knows who's the second or third third string running back anymore but the rookie david johnson a lot of speed a lot of power i like i like his potential in this game monday night football texans against the Bengals. i don't know what's wrong right now uh i think i think the spread i saw is 11 and that's about right i think the Bengals should destroy the texans strange shit happens on monday night football though um been a lot of close games on monday night football as well which makes me kind of like nervous to take Cincinnati plus 11, I mean minus 11. Texans see what they have in front of them right now. They have an injured Andrew Luck in that division. If they could get two, three wins in a row right now, puts them in a great spot, you know. Um, I just think talent-wise, Cincinnati edges them out. You know what? I'll take Texans with the points. Um, yeah, I'll take Texans with the points over here. If it's, if it's plus 11, like I've seen, because I don't have it on my, on my guy, um, I'll take Texans plus 11 over here, but the Bengals win it by four or five points. Texans win it. I mean, Texans cover, though, and that's all we care about on the only show that matters. <laughs> I think I'm done. Yeah, I'm done for this show. I mean, I could talk, huh? Um, I want to thank everybody from the NGSC Radio Network and the Happy Hour Network. Uh, Joe Weidra will be back with me next week, so we'll get some real insight and not be blabbering and bad-mouthing certain fan bases that live down in Florida but whose team wears teal and white. You know, we won't, we won't, you know none of that next week. Um, I think that's it. Um, my book I thought was coming out this week, but I, I pushed it back. <laughs> I got issues. I pushed my. I love making things hard on myself. I pushed it back. I did this to you. Remember me? Look at my face. I did this to you. I'm actually going to leave y'all with some Carrie Underwood because uh, I actually love this song. Not only, I shouldn't say love. I just like this song. I think it's a good song. 
and she's really hot, and she's a blonde girl, and I like hot blonde girls. So you can check out my review of the Carrie Underwood album on gstelio.com. You go to gstelio.com, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at G-E-S-T-E-L-I-O. That's about it, man. Hope y'all have a great weekend. Uh, wager wisely and bear witness. You never saw me And I know you know better than to call me Let's just hide out under the covers One more secret between two old lovers Some more right, I can quit your